You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. All right, so what's happening before After The Show? The before the after the show discussion was first of all somebody's my friend's dead. father. Well, I want to be respectful. My friend's my best friend's father oh, passed away. Dead. I know, but I'm not going to be flippant, and so I'll be going to that funeral tomorrow. And you were saying you're apologizing in case someone hears thunder because it's that kind of day. There might be thunder in the air and in your headphone, so that's what. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, pissing it down basically. It's kind of rainy day. So, um, and you're going to a funeral and anything else? I don't think so. We talked about the movie briefly, but then we'll talk about the movie when we get there. All right, so it is Friday, April the 27th, 2012, but you will be listening to this on Sunday, April the 29th, 2012. This is after the show number 221. The movie we're looking at this week is Shame on Blu-ray. It's a 2011 movie. Uh, comes out on Blu-ray on the 17th of April, so it's already available. You can get it now. And it's uh, the first NC-17 movie I know of that we've reviewed. Right? Um, you said Kill Bill 1 was NC-17. I don't think we reviewed that on this podcast. Right. Are you sure when it came out we didn't? uh uh-uh. So, uh, yeah, first NC-17 movie, uh, and an interesting fact about NC-17 movies, I went and looked up on Wikipedia, there isn't that many. There's probably 50 in total in the history of American cinema. So I, I thought, oh, no, there's got to be hundreds of them, right? Or thousands, even. But no, because, what, movie studios don't like them because they can't make money out of them. Mm, I disagree, but... <laughs> no, I mean, that's what it said on Wikipedia. Yeah. It said... NC-17 is not financially viable because you can only have a certain audience in the theatre. In the theatre, but then when they put it on DVD, they then right. go back to... But the they're interested in theatre. Theatre money is the big money in um, the movie industry. This, The Blu-ray and etc. is secondary money, apparently. The big money is the opening weekends, all that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, there's a, if you want to go and read about that... And there's also a movie about rating films called This Film Is Not Rated. Um... If you're interested in the rating system and how it happens. Have you seen that? It's when do- was it made? Documentary on Netflix. It was made two years ago. Right. So it's changed since then, though. Changed slightly. Not a lot. Um, so the tagline for this movie is, there isn't one. And it's from our friends at Fox. And you are going to give us the synopsis of Shame. Hmm. Um, it is a following a person with needs to be distracted from pain and this turns into addiction and it just sort of it's floating on the surface of trying to function in life and yet inside having a very dark um addiction and that's it really it's about pain and how we let and it shame. out or, yeah pain and shame yeah it's like a rhyming all right so this movie um we're not spoiling things by talking about the subject um what it's about. I think if you want to see it purely, then don't listen to us because I was glad to not know anything about it and then just sort of let it unfold because it's very delicate. And if you just say it up front and then you go into knowing, 
it's not the same when you watch those first few scenes. So if you really want to go into it pure, then don't listen to the rest of this. Because I think it's better to let it... Because to me, it was like, oh, you see the subtleties. You start going, is this one thing or is it another thing? If we just tell you, and then you kind of have the you know heads up. Uh, I want to give props to uh, whoever made that cover. Even though it's not the greatest cover of all time, the cover for the Blu-ray. It gives nothing away about the film. It could have been way... It could have been... Could have given it away. Sure. But that does not. It makes it look like anything, like a drama of any description. A spy thriller. It could be anything. He's and that's running, what I'm saying. He's running in the middle of it. That when you when you put it out there, what it is, then that's kind of like you've just... You can, I liked it just sort of slowly revealing itself and then going along with it as these people were. Instead of going, oh, I already know what this is all about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Right. So, uh, spoiler alert. Go and see the movie now. Go and, it's available. Go watch it. Come back. Listen. Right? Correct. So, uh, Shane, what do you think? It's hard to say it's a movie that you like because it's very intense, but it is a fantastic, beautifully acted, directed, shot, designed, written movie. I mean, it's a film. It's a telling of a story or a slice of a story. That just crawls right in you. And like, so I find it really super stimulating, and that's part of what the movie's about. And yet it's very... It kind of cuts you a little bit. I think bit. it's a topic... I don't recall seeing this topic in movies before. And the topic so. is sex addiction. Um, I don't recall... Unless it's in a light-hearted way in some comedy or something. I don't recall it ever being seriously tackled in any anything. Mm-mm. Um, I'm sure it has been in cinema. I've just not seen those films, but yeah, it's an interesting kind of because we've seen drug addiction stories, we've seen alcoholism, we've seen serial gambling. killers, who, gambling, yeah, or American Psycho, like kill like people who are addicted to killing people. We've seen all the kinds of addictions, but sex addiction, I don't, I don't think we've seen. I really don't. Um, and it covers it from this. You know, it's a. I think the best thing about the movie is Michael Fassbender's performance because it's really uh, it's it's uh, it makes me cringe sometimes it's so realistic yeah like because he's a dude that we all know yeah but and this this movie is to it's taken from a it's not like an he, he says he's an everyday dude in, in in the extras, Michael, yeah, I'm just like an everyday guy trying to get on with my life in the middle. I don't agree with that, because he's like a kind of a richy kind of... Well, they call him middle class. Not richy, He's in like, New York City. Yeah, he's like... And a, he has like a tiny apartment. It's got, you know, it's got a good... Designer style. furniture. But I don't think it's designer furniture, because he's got the crappy shelves and stuff. It's just that they've glossed up his job in a way that you're thinking he's high-end. So there isn't an identifiable thing with him, except this was my thinking. Dudes who are young, aspirational, motivated to be climb up the corporate ladder will see this guy who's clean cut, well dressed, fancy friends, glassy office, glass everywhere, and people working all professional and meetings and all that shit. They aspire to that. So they will see him as their mate and as the dude, yeah man, that's where I wanna be. That's what I wanna be. So I think that's where the that's why I think it's an extremely male centric movie. From the dialogue, to the attitude, to the way the director and the actor even see what they're doing. 
This character is very male centric. And that's partially, a good thing because it's partially dealing with in a good his, way. Yeah. Partially. But denying the other part of it is just so typical. That this guy's sex addiction, fucking anything that walks in any way, shape, or form, watching porn in any way, shape, or form, he can get it at work, at home, prostitutes, online, everything. And then to say, well, this is just a guy who's really mostly self-destructive. He's not really hurting anyone along the way. He's just trying to figure out his way in the world. That's a line of bullshit. Like, you can't even... I can't even believe that they believe that. But they truly believe that. Like, Well, he said he's trying to get through... Get from a... Get through his life in right. the way that he only knows kind of thing. In a very self-destructive way. Yeah. Without... Sex addiction isn't a victimless thing. It is a constantly no, uh, victimizing... And this movie shows... Everyone you meet. How it... It only... It shies away from it a lot. I think it shows a... Like... It doesn't delve into what he's really doing. It's all about him, which is what it's about, right? The sex addiction is about me getting off and, oh, poor me, I can't stop myself. I do sympathize with it. I think it's a horrible thing to have in your mind. But what I really like about it is it feels, even though he's got his act together, like he has a job, that he's got this kind of monster in the closet, so to speak, that he can't control. He's, you know, you experience his life and it feels very empty and weird. Like, it it feels very... Like, he's got nothing real. Detached. Yeah, and, and they try and hint at that. Like, um, his sister arrives, and that's his family. And he's not really... He doesn't really... He's not on a level. You know Patrick Bateman in uh, American mm-hmm. Psycho? I know he's a psychopath. But when he says, like, it's, it's just me and all these... Like, I don't... I can't level with anybody. I'm something else. This is how he. Fe- this is how I feel about him all the time. Absolutely. How he's sat there thinking, I have to go and be in a business meeting. I'd rather be having a wank in the toilet. He's like that, isn't he? Everything's focused on that, which oh. is the same as every addiction. Yeah, same as drugs. You're are. in a fog. Every single second of every waking minute, unless you get that thing, and then it, it. Wakes you up a little bit and gives you a little bit of sensation and feeling and, okay, I can survive in this world for a little bit. And then it dulls you down again because the consequences. And then you're in the fog until you can get it again. And then you're like, I'm on fire again and I feel great and life is awesome. And look at, I can, I can, I can digest the world now for a little bit. He can every time he gets off, every time he calls a prostitute, every time he has a, you know, jacks off in the toilet at work. Then there's those few minutes of, like, elation. And then the fog kicks in again, and it's just this vicious cycle, which is, you don't know. You're, you're to think it out. What is, is this a result of? Is this a, a personality defect? Is it, what is it from? Because, you know, the sister alludes to past. You get a weird vibe from their relationship. Knowing he's a sex addict, she's only a couple of years younger than him, or a few maybe. And they're very intimate when they're around each other. It's very it's if any woman is watching it you're gonna be doing just what i did you like recoil and you're like he has fucked his sister i know it she knows it he knows it that's where the shame comes from yeah and see to me i not 100 percent. obviously that is very um it's not clear cut whether anything like that is going down i don't think I know. I know she's very comfortable with herself, so she she doesn't care. If she's see, that's like, how you see it. That's a very honestly. That's a that's bizarre. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. But it's very. I obvious. mean, it's not. It's that's not what this movie is about. Is what I'm saying. Um, I disagree, because there is a level of 
shame, obviously with the sex addiction. And when, as we progress through the movie, you see that to completely satiate himself, there are things he does that he feels shameful about that are very extreme. You know, when he's on even keel, he can get the prostitute, have a wank, and everything's good. You know, he can keep on with that. But then the extreme things that kind of, like, give him that that spark again are really extreme. And I'm thinking, as a teenager, with this in his eye of him, and a young sister, and their relationship, as it's portrayed, is as if they are a broken-up couple, and she's psychotic and needy, and he wants to get her out of his life. Actually, for the first... 20 minutes of the movie where she's being introduced slowly through voicemail messages and when she arrives you don't know you that's she I'm could saying. be a girlfriend right yeah that is the fi- that's I, what I'm I saying. thought she was that then, she's damaged yeah by their past and this is part of it see I see I guess I made loads of things up in my head because I was thinking they were both damaged by an abusive parent of some kind or something I mean because there's some things that are revealed later on that well, see, to me, this is yeah. because he... Did rejected her. No, because he didn't reject her when she no, was I mean, younger. He, he obviously and rejected her at some point. Well, because no, she was keep phoning him. up saying, like, uh, why aren't you answering my calls, etc. I think it's more like if he messed with her as a girl, and then her... She's so damaged by it, this is from that. I can't... I don't understand life, and I don't understand what's going on, and this... So that's what I'm saying. The male point of view is absolutely, like, not intentionally, I get it, but there's a complete disconnect there, too. Maybe there's a ma- male emotional... So, no, I'm not um, I'm not saying 100% that nothing ever happened between them. I'm just saying that this movie is ambiguous in that way. But there again, there's one scene where... Um, yep. I, I don't want to spoil exactly. that scene, but this happens... And obviously there's something a lot deeper than... Like, what have I done? Yeah. What did I do? Yeah. There's the shame as well. There's lots of kinds of shame going on here. Yeah, there is. In fact, it's it's dabbled in from all characters. There's the woman in the office who he... And there she's going to have some shame from that. The man is the Married woman on the train. Yep. The married man in the office. Yeah. Everybody. There's a lot of... And everybody's affected. See, that's the unfortunate thing with his addiction. Sex addiction. Unfortunately, it aside from the jacking off in the toilet, it requires somebody else. And this guy, the prostitutes aren't enough at some point. And he he's trying to um, the one time where he goes out on a date, and then he's realizing while he's in the date that there's an, a connection, there's an I, emotional connection, there is, and that's not going to work for me. There is a connection. Will it work for me? And then he decides to, and it doesn't. That's not what he needs, is it? It's just the straight up. Like a lady comes. Like he's broken because enjoying a woman's company and getting to know her as a person, it's broken. There's no, it's not, all he wants is to fuck her. That's one of my favorite scenes where he has the date with the lady in the restaurant and it's really super awkward. Yeah. I always feel like that in restaurants myself. I'm not talking, not subtract the sex part and all that stuff. I'm talking about like busy waiters who are always in your face and you're having a conversation. Yeah. And you... You can carry on having the conversation, but it doesn't feel right when somebody's stood right there pouring wine or doing something. So you're always stoppy Pause. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's kind of like, isn't it? You're saying stuff, and it could be anything. It doesn't matter if anybody hears it, but you ultimately have this thing where should, like... Uh, should we reveal what we're... Is this guy going to be... Yeah. Imagine what waiters and waitresses hear. 
or wait staff. What is it called? It's just wait staff, I suppose, these days. Right. But yeah, yeah that but was a fit. That, that felt real, really real, like, and, and some of the stuff he was saying to her and the, the idle chit chat, it yep. was almost like it, they just didn't, they just said sit down and be on a date. Be on a date. Yeah. Don't stick to a script, just act the way it would go. And I felt like it was really real. And then real. the director's over there saying to the waiter guy, okay, yeah, keep, no, no, like, no, like, go. And then they're in the middle of their improv. And just all the subtleties to that scene. When he's like... Oh, it's amazing. When he pours a little bit of wine where you're supposed to taste the wine. And he's like, no, just pour the wine. And then he's pour the wine. And he's smirking. And kind of like, what a pain in the yeah. ass this whole thing is. Yeah. Like, I'd rather be just fucking somebody in a hotel room. Exactly. Like, is this yeah. what it is? Is this... This is what I can't... And, can't. When, and when she says to him... He says, like, he's talking to her. And she's talking, and he's talking about marriage. Yeah. And then she, he says, "I just think it's kind of pointless. pointless. What's the point?" And she goes, "Why are you here then?" Yeah. And if he was to answer truthfully, he'd say, "To fuck you." Right. But he doesn't. He kind of holds it together. Like, but- why don't? Why are we here? Do, why do we mean, not mean anything to each other? And then she kind of, yeah. she kind of cocks her head back, and then she's like, "What's the longest relation?" She gets it in yeah. that instant. She's like, "Oh yeah, He's another one of those." Yeah fuckhead who just wants to get me home and screw me and do I go on we've ordered our food which is another cool thing because you feel things going south in that scene yeah, and then it's like when, when he food. actually said when she said why are you why are you here then and the first thing he said was oh I hear the food really yeah really good. I was like oh my god she's gonna he, flip like. right. <laughs> it's a beautifully it is my only issue with it is it's because it's the one sided thing except you get the sister who's damaged. You get this woman who's a strong, independent kind of modern woman who sees it for what it is. She's not all broken and shit that we know of. We don't see her that much. Except that it is, fair enough, from this male point of view. Like, yes, he looks destroyed at some point. However, there are still young dudes who will say, like, well, that's fucking awesome. Like, he can go get off on any moment he wants. He's totally free. Mm. He can screw anything he wants. I mean, that's awesome. So I don't know but how it, well it... It's not awesome for him, and it's made very clear it's not awesome for him. He would rather not be doing what he's doing. It's just making him sad, isn't it? I mean, he's... He, oh, yeah, he's broken. He, it's not a good existence for him. You can tell. It's not all fun and games. He's not. He's not even fun when he's on the hunt for women or anything, is he? He's, he's pretty... Inwards, like you know, his boss friend, where they're in the bar yeah, and they meet yeah. those women. His boss friend's all outgoing and kind of makes a fool of himself, and he's just Mr. Cool. Who... Oh my god, that's so brilliant because it's so realistic. The mysterious, kind of quiet guy who doesn't say much. You do exactly what they had the the act the lady do in this scene. Is that the guy who's jabber jabber jabbering and being charming enough and kind of funny and kind of personable but then here comes the quiet guy who sort of tilts his head down and looks out the top of his eye at you and circles his cup on the on the or his bar, glass on the bar kind of like shyish that's the one you zoom in on because there's the guy who's not acting like a dickhead he's the brooding type he's the quiet type well, he's mysterious this guy happens to be handsome and well dressed he also he also has some magical powers because when he's in the uh, train and there's that woman sat above him, he didn't even have to do anything he's he's kind of looks to one side and she's kind of moist he's not he's looking straight at her yeah but i mean he he just he's, there's no like or anything like that. He's just... Ah, there's another... That's very male-centric of you. I'm just joking there. I no, mean, but I know what you're saying. We don't need that. 
We don't need anything. No, but what I'm saying is like, like... She's got it all in her mind. All he's doing is looking at her with that little grin. Again, handsome, well-dressed dude on the train. This is the thing we're being portrayed. She's a you know beautiful young woman on the train. And all she needed was the stare. And then she put the whole rest of it in her mind. And as it plays out in your mind, our body goes along with the mind. It's not that we need the physical, all that. Like and it's saying. portrayed that he sees her every single day. I mean, if this is something that he's... This is a woman he probably sees all the time on this train. Oh, I didn't I don't think it was like the first time he'd seen her. Oh, I disagree, but... I thought he was staring at her every day, like... He just uh, came oh, to disagree. her head at that point. I think they just caught a glance, and then he didn't see her again for a long time, and then saw her again, so... But, um... Yeah, it's an interesting, uh... Look at this. Um... I don't agree with it being an NC-17, personally. I don't get this rating thing. Um, Americans are obsessed with... See, English ratings are way different. This wouldn't be anything different than... There's a lot of close-up sex going on. There is, but it's not like porno. It's like... It's a little bit pornographic. I mean, there's no... Do you think? Yep. See, I don't even see it that way. I mean, it's... Absolutely. It's, there's a sex scene at the end, like an orgy type deal. Well, no, it's just three, three. Well, whatever Menage you call that. Well, it's just three people. Threesome. <laughs> um, that's, but it's all, it's awfully, it's like blurry out of focus. It's not like straight up ball uh, slapping no, against your ass. There was some ball slapping there for like a half a second. Right. You maybe didn't catch that. This also stars Michael Fassbender's large penis several times during this movie. Well, I think we all saw it three times, and I was counting. So three well, times. whatever times it is, his it penis, <laughs> his penis comes to the forefront of the screen several times. Twice, close up, and once you didn't really see it, but it was kind of yes, I was counting. Right, so there's where your NC seventeen comes in because penises are objectionable to American censors, apparently, um, limp mm-hmm. or hard, doesn't matter, just penises. Um, you, you know, Carrie Mulligan uh, is completely full frontal nude at one point. That's also objectionable, isn't it? it um, Topless doesn't seem to matter. It's weird. It's really mm-hmm. weird. Very weird. Because there is a bit, a little bit of violence in this movie. Not much. But uh, that wouldn't be objectionable in any way because we've seen way worse than that, right? But yeah, there's just a little... There's some sex and some nudity and, you know, people getting an uproar about it. It's weird. This should be an R-rated movie to me. I mean, the the priorities are... It's not a porno, and it's not a... Yeah, but I don't... It's I don't, just a sexually explicit film. That's what it is. I mean... That's why you give it an NC-17, because it's not just a rated R adult entertainment movie. It is a sexually explicit movie. Right, but... I've, that's why it gets a different what, rating. Yeah, but what about, like, a super violent movie, like Kill Bill or something, right? That got NC-17 well, no, as well. Uh, all right, let me say one that isn't. Um, <laughs> uh... But the ones you're thinking of, True Romance, had you said NC-17. So, yeah, they do, for the violence only. Reservoir Dogs. Super violent, right? It's not an NC-17. It's an R-rated movie. But it's a explicit, violent movie. The violence is explicit in the way that the sex is explicit in this movie. In, in the inner right world, they would both be categorized higher than, you know, you have to be over 18 to see them, right? Or whatever it is. What is NC-17? You only have to be 17. You don't have to have an adult. I guess that's what NC-17 means. What's NC mean? Uh Not (laughs) censored, probably. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like we haven't cut anything. It's just the full thing. Right. um, 
Yeah, it's just a weird, the violence uh, sex thing. And then if you've got a movie that's full of sex and violence, what's the percentage where it goes over the board? I think that like, your sensibility to these sex scenes is going to be way different than a lot of people. A lot of people that I know would watch this movie and say, oh my god, that is pornographic. Why is this even in a movie? I would never watch uh, And turn it off. They wouldn't even watch past a couple of those early scenes. Right. Not even at all. No, no, no. That is... uh, That's horrible. Pornographic. So your perception is very, very lenient, I think, compared to a lot of people. Right. And, you know, that's probably like... I mean, in Europe, um, sex isn't... Yeah, exactly. Sex in... Well, as you've seen, English TV or any European TV, topless people, uh, penises, it's not... We've seen uh, Big Brother, where we'll see a penis, yeah. or, or topless, and it's not, it's not, it's just, you know, we're, we've all got penises, well, not all of them. <laughs> Half got, of the people in this room have yeah, a penis. We've all got boobs and penises, right? So, you know, how it's treated on British TV is, if it's late enough at night, you know, after nine o'clock, fair game. Like, you know, we don't, we, we don't see hardcore pornography on TV, but naked bodies doesn't really matter. In America, it's not going to happen on TV, is mm-hmm. it? I mean, not even if it happens in a reality show, it'll be all blurred and checkerboarded. So it's just a different thing, too. It's just a weird thing. It's like, because, yeah, we we literally have all got parts. We all have. We see them every day. Why we, are we so precious about it? Why, that? yeah, it's, you know... If it's just a nude scene... I mean, this movie's different, because, they, like you say, ball slapping and, <laughs> you know... Butt crack licking. Yeah. See, that to me, if you don't think that's explicit, because it wasn't hidden, why that's do one they, of those things. Why do they always in movies? <laughs> and this is this is just off topic a little bit, but there's a gay place in this movie. Why are they always like portrayed as like these real seedy kind of evil kind of? Horrible? I know. I don't know. I mean, no, they exist. Are those, do those ex- do they exist? Sure. Or is it just a movie thing? No, it exists. But, but like, why is that? But it, it seems scary and weird, and it's that's not, the idea, though. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. You that, know. It's like any underground sex Like, I was thinking thing. of Irreversible when this yep, scene was exactly. And this wasn't quite as bad as that place. What do you think of Seven and that bar that's down where there's room yeah. where people can go fuck each other or whatever? It's just sort of understood. It's, it's kind of scary and, like... But that's the draw right. for the people. There could be businessmen in there just like him. He's just that Mr. Put-Together guy. But that's his go-to place for in what, to his mind, will be, like, the most... Not only he can he put women in the subjective or subjugated position or whatever where he can like fuck them and do whatever in this circumstance he he wants it the other way as well that's why I was thinking like I want the I want to be the he I want to be the other side of that I don't want to he just... also wants the um yep absolutely uh, it's a part of like am I anything can I feel alive Correct. in some way I'll try all these things so yeah he, there's a part where he kind of asks for something and gets it. Absolutely. That was yeah. like, ah, that's But that, that was his plan. He was like, I've got to wake up somewhere, somewhere yeah. here or feel something. Absolutely. So that's what I'm going to try. So yeah, I liked all those uh, things. Um, let's move on to the cast. Michael Fassbender, Brandon Sullivan. It's a fantastic performance. I, I can't, I've seen Fassbender in quite a few things. I'm always impressed by him. But this is like... It's, like, it's amazing. It's like next level shit, as you <laughs> okay. would say. Let's <laughs> not diminish the value here. No, really, it's really cliches. a good performance though, because it it's so it's like an inward thing. Like it, like he's, he's he's contained. He contains it, and he's 
when he needs like like I said in American Psycho, uh, you know Patrick Bateman, um, Christian Bale playing that part, he has to be very contained and normal, and then crazy as he says his mask slips slightly. This guy is the same, just in a different field of addiction, and you know he has this straight up. What, whatever he is, what is he even advertising? I couldn't figure it I can't out. Re- I can't figure it out either. Whatever it was in his business job, he's that guy. But then he's also the guy who, you know, fills his hard drive with porn. Yes, <laughs> and goes to the bathroom in the middle of a meeting to have a to wank off. Yeah, or, 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 wank you know, jack up, masturbate. Um, does you know some sordid shit in this movie? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just love it because it was like really. And when his sister arrived, and it, he's, he's on one axis, and then his sister arrives, and it kind of throws him off kilter slightly. Well, a lot. Because it's really invading his soul. But see, that's the difference. You and the director even say that just sort of you know shakes up his routine. She is something he's ashamed of. Yeah. Something that's gone on there, and it is like a constant reminder in his face, and... If she's in front of me, I'm going to do it again. If she's in my bed, if she's on my couch, I'm yeah. going to fuck her. Yeah, there are those. And she's my sister, and I can't do it again. And I can't. I can't. I know I shouldn't. So instead, you go do this and you go do that. That's where that the anger comes from. That scene where um, she catches him yes. jerking off. And she's just being like, oh. And she and catches he- him jerking off in the bathroom, and then he runs in and sits on top of her naked and... Uh, Screaming says, what at her. do you want from me? What do you want from me? That's it's what really- I'm saying, man. <laughs> As if she's teasing him and it's her fault yeah. if he fucks her. Yeah. So imagine a 17-year-old boy with that kind of drive and his 12-year-old sister. I mean, you have to fill in a lot here. Yeah. But it's so obvious. It's weird that the director and the actor don't even talk. Maybe they don't want to breach it. Maybe they don't want to bring it up. But it's so obvious. Yeah, I mean, there, there are lots of incidents. That incident... Mm-hmm. And an incident where she's kind of naked and he's... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no boundary, you see. No. That's the thing. The phone calls, there's no boundary. The closeness, there's no boundary. The intimacy, close face-to-face, there's no boundary. When she wants and to get in bed needy. with him. For yeah, and he's cuddle. like, that's what I'm saying. If you don't get out of my bed, I'm going to fuck you. And it's your fault. So he screams at her instead to get out of his bed. And all she wants is affection. Because there is none. Right. In and her, in her life, in her life it seems, all. yeah, that there's right. never been. And she's that personality. Super, she, the, the lady even says it when in the extras. She opens her arms to the world and says, love me, please. Anybody, any way. And that's, there are people like that. And she's one of those. And he's the other one. He's the opposite. Closed up, cold, you know. So she's played by Carrie Mulligan, who we recently, she's Sissy Sullivan, his sister. We've seen her recently in Drive. She's fast becoming one of my favourites. Very good. And they're the only two movies I've seen her in. She was in an education as well, but I've not seen that one. But, um, yeah, she's... This is... If you go and look at the performance in Drive, where we said she's really good because she's super subtle and doesn't really say much, but you get everything. In this one, she says a lot. Yep. And And subtle. And subtle, but her emotions are, like, wide open. And she does that too, which is the opposite to that Drive, where she's kind of compressed... This she's not. She's just woohoo, and she just says everything. And when she sings that song, which they, she's a singer in a bar, and they play the, the whole song, yep. and it's long, and it's the whole song. You just really sucked into it all. Like, yeah, it tells you so much. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that, that you just decided, well, we can't, you know. I even thought while that was happening that you were thinking, I love this. I yeah. love that they're not cutting it up. Yeah. I love that they're not truncating it or anything. They're just letting Yeah, because in, in lesser films, they would have just gone, she sings, she sings a verse, and then they cut to what, what occurs Correct. after the fact. This, they let her sing the whole song. The camera's right up in her face. There's only occasions where it cuts away and shows Michael Fassbender's um, reaction. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I like that kind of thing. A slow... Because it makes you... Dislike. It's an examination. You have to think because there's nothing actually occurring. So... Except yeah. in her eyes yeah. and in her... And her... Trembly um, and everything. The sadness in the... S- and she knows he's there this time. Yeah. So that's going to change something about her performance. The whole sadness of that... Her, she starts off quite kind of chipper, and the the song just takes this downward emotional um, sad. It's the most sad version of that song I've ever heard, and that's not a sad song. It's a very no. chipper <laughs> song, you know. And then, well, it, what do you think about it? If I can't make it here, I can't make it anywhere. Yeah, but I so mean, it's kind of like, the way we hear this it, is sang, it. You know, this my is goal is New York, and I can't make it. I'm done. Yeah. So it's a little <laughs> depressing when you think about it. Yeah. yeah, but it's sang in this kind of... Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah Instead she... of... Start spreading yeah. the news. And it's slow. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, I like, I liked it. I really liked I it. I did too. And if it was her singing, I'm not... I don't. I'm, I think it was. I believe so. I really like... Yeah. I, I always like it when they don't hold back. Like, oh, you know, we, we, this go, we can't have something that lasts five minutes where nothing's really happening. It's just a song. It's not musical. We can't do that. No, yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. How about when he's running and it goes on and yeah. on? I, the beauty of the way he runs. And the, Now I have Tom Cruise's run in my mind, which I find is very distinctive. And we've seen him run a lot over the years. And Tom I'm watching Cruise. this guy <laughs> and it's honestly, it's like beautiful, elegant. His legs, if you get, I got fixated on his legs and how they would jut out behind him and then they, they're filming him they're driving along the street and he's running like blocks and blocks it's beautiful what I also loved about and that and you're feeling his like I've yeah, got to get that energy out because he goes out to run to um, really frustration but what I really liked about it is even when he's at the end of it that is not something that would relieve him nope he's just going you, fe- yeah. you feel he's still the same at the end of that run it might have helped a little bit but nothing really like there's nothing apart from getting a prostitute because and- when you're that person, and I'm not claiming any sort of like, poor me, put me in the category of the addictive personality person. But I understand completely that life, to me, is mostly like a dull, uh, it's all or nothing for me. All, all my life, all or nothing. I am either feeling it all, top of the world, everything's fantastic, or I am so inward and the world is doomed, and who gives a shit, and there's no point to anything. I only have those two speeds. And only through my life, and becoming an adult, and different people I've met, including you, you know, I understand that that's not life. That it's not all either doom and gloom, or fantastic, so I have all these middle things now. But if I didn't have this certain set of people through my life, there would be me, sitting in a bar, only getting wasted at all times, every day, and just staying that way. Because I did that all through my 20s. And I understand this desperation when you're alone and you don't... Nothing means anything to you. It, to him, like we've said, nothing means anything to him. He's like on empty. Or he's yeah, in a fog. He's, that's why it he's feels asleep. that way. And when you're like, there's literally nothing. And I've only had one thing my whole life 
which is kind of obvious. Now, when I think about my whole life is when I get a pencil in my hand and a piece of paper, it's almost like that weird... There's this feeling right here where I'm so... I've been so stressed and lost. I start drawing and it's sort of like it drains out. As I'm drawing and the sensation of drawing or making art or watching movies or watching TV, those are things that connect me again. So I completely understand that thing of him running and being just like, I don't... what I. He's in a city where he can literally have anything. Anything good, wonderful, fantastic. Go to that, Broadway show. Go that's to a why movie. that song that she Go sings with is, is very yeah. prolific. Go I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that song, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it, it Absolutely. explains Absolutely. He can way. have anything, and yet he's fixated on, Just I need to get, I have nothing except sex. Like, nothing will do it for me. Um, just a little bit off topic, but this is great. This is something I noticed during the movie that is great. You mean my own self isn't off topic enough? <laughs> he's a, you know, like I say, it's like this pretentious middle... Upper middle. Upper middle. <laughs> Class. The kind of person you would think would have a Mac computer. He didn't. He had a PC. Awesome. A laptop. Yeah. It was a, P- it was a Vista PC. Awesome. Interesting. Because everybody has a Mac these days if they're semi-well in movies. I know this all the time. So you didn't even have an iPhone. That's one. Maybe they just couldn't get a deal with Apple. Yeah. Well, I'm glad because to me it feels more like, like not everybody's the Apple. Um, and then when he... Yeah. Oh, I was like, holy shit, no, 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 yeah. no. And the, oh, yeah. that was awesome. Maybe it was because, like, you know, he goes to a lot of porn sites and they wanted <laughs> to make it clear that he got a virus at one point on his computer. At work. At work. But maybe that's why they didn't use Macs because Macs don't like, Mac. the Mac thing is we don't get viruses. Correct. So maybe- well, the virus was bullshit. It he, was. The guy yeah. told him it's a virus. But the- anybody who goes on porn sites to his... Um, Degree is going to have a virus or something. On oh my it. god! <laughs> of one kind or another, yeah. either on his penis or on his hard drive. Oh yeah, both. He's going to be virus city. What really creeped me out? You know, when she opens it and there's the lady there on the webcam. Obviously, he set up an yeah. account, and this lady knows him. She can see him as well. Yeah, a sex chat. And thing. she's like, "Are you Brendan's friend?" And she starts messing with herself. As that went on, my first thought was, "Oh, please don't say something like." Uh, do you want to call me sissy today? Because yeah. that's the sister's I name. I really thought, oh my god, that's going to reveal like the the worst thing ever. But I'm, it's really a researched movie because a lot of the things that happen that he does have to have been been told to the director, the writer, or maybe experienced by them. Yeah, very specific things about a sex addiction that yeah you you hang out with guys and guys go oh god look at this look, look at this funny video I've got these two chicks or whatever that's the superficial kind of porno dude this is a kind of thing that is hidden and I'm ashamed of it like the it's movie. all hidden isn't it it is a secret thing and there are lots of subtleties to that that I don't think the most majority one of, of the subtleties was plus not everybody does everything like when he, he uh, comes to his apartment after a hard day at work sits down with his Chinese food and his beer, opens his laptop, and the light from the laptop, like you know, the screen lights up, and his face also lights up. Yes. He's like, just like I, I'm extremely <sighs> happy to be sat here. Yep. I've got my beer, my Chinese, and I'm going to speak to this and sex you, And then you hear... <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, but like that's salty. He opens the thing, and it, it, it was like he lit up. It was like, Absolutely. this is my element. This is what I do. Like, because know? the rest of the day, he's been unplugged. He's, he's been, been in the suppressed. frog. Yeah. Well, he's been... There's nothing. Like, there's nothing about that day. Lunch with a friend, meetings with the guys, friend chat, 
going to work and then you get home, you get in your little secret world and that one thing that does it, I mean, he portrayed it exactly because he looks a little bit uh, bored and then boom, it's and like, the shame. and then also. he settles, did you know, see just kind of his shoulders kind of go down and he's just like, okay, but in that moment, that's why he does it. And then he has the shame. Later, after it's the that. shame, yeah. So uh, finally on the cast, and there are people in this movie, but it's really Michael Fassbender and Carrie Mulligan's thing. But, but this there's, lady. There's a lady called Nicole Beret, and she's Marianne. She's absolutely fantastic. And it's a sexy scene, but I mean, her interaction with him, from the office to the hotel, everything is... I mean, she's right on it. Like, she's perfect. I was really... I wanted more of her. You have to be brave to do that Absolutely. And to then hold it together enough to stay with it, and the character they've written isn't... It's it's exactly right, because she's not some poor victim-y... She's just straight up, and then she's... You know, you never know what issues that person has, because obviously she's left work in the middle of the afternoon with some dude she barely knows, but she's perfect. So this is directed by Steve McQueen. We, uh, we British. Said, yeah, uh, British. Not the Steve McQueen. No, British director. Well, he is the Steve McQueen because he's that Steve McQueen. Yeah. But he's not that Steve McQueen. So he's British director Steve McQueen who's only made one other film called Hunger, which I have not seen. Now I would like to because I like his style. Sounds familiar. We haven't seen it. I had a look and it didn't. Okay. No, but um, now I want to because the style, I like his style. It's that slow, thoughtful look at things. Paul Thomas Anderson is one of your favorites, and he does the same thing. It's not exactly like that. No, I mean, the there are scenes where it is drawn out. You're following someone walk, or you're in a very slow... This guy's even slower than a Paul Thomas. Paul Thomas Anderson does a lot of editing. This is like a... If, if a journey to work on the train for this guy is him sat on the train... It's not abbreviated. It's like it feels like the journey to work. How about an elevator going up? It yeah, was this the whole, whole entire elevator ride. With and nothing you're like, really happening. It seems really long. Emotion going on in his face. Like. And you realize if I'm in a moment of stress and I'm on an elevator, it seems like the longest fucking yeah. two minutes of my life. So he's not scared to do a long take of something, which I really like. It. it but the movie didn't seem super long, was it? It's an hour and 40 minutes, which is Right, so average. that's... Yeah, but you get so much out of it because of those wonderful let-it-happen moments. I mean... There's a lot of the slow sequences, which if you're not into... Uh, if you're Mr. I like fast edits, Michael Bay type thing, this would never rock your world, would it? Because <laughs> you'd be like, okay, so what's going to... When are we getting to something? Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward to a season tits. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine this movie, don't watch it this way, but I think pe- people will have, will hear, oh, it's an NC-17, it's probably got some tits. Oh, I wonder if Carrie Mulligan gets her tits out. And she does. But I think there'll be people who... He says be gradual. The Mr. Skin people who will just be like, fast, bop, bop, oh, yeah, there's, there's Fastbender's dick. Bop, 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 bop. There's uh, some tits. I think there will be people who watch it that way. Don't watch it that way. It's got a lot to say. It's not about tits and... You think that I disagree with you a lot when we have conversations and in life. Husband and wife, in case anyone listening doesn't know that. I disagree with a lot because I disagree with a lot of what all people say because I think people are full of shit. Now, the guy who sits, guy, gal, whatever, in a group of people or home alone, watches this movie that way... I can't even I can't even fathom that person. It's the person who's this guy in that movie. I disagree <laughs> with their existence almost. I don't get it. 
Like, it's the sex addict type dude in this movie who might... Absolutely. Or just any... the superficial kind of guy who doesn't want to sit through all the... I was going to say, the sex addict guy would go straight for the hardcore, because why Why waste your time like just trying to get through some story to find some sex? You'd just watch some sex, wouldn't you? But, uh, yeah, don't watch it that way. It's not that. It's not that. It's not That's a titillating it. movie anyway. The sex parts, and it's not titillating. It's kind of... Repulsive. Yeah, because of the reasons it is all taking place. Correct. It's not right, is it? It's none of it's right. So It'll be titillating to some people. Yeah, but if you have followed the story, it can't be. Well, it's, not everyone thinks about right. things. Yeah, I guess. If you just look at it from a base level of there's a chick with a tits and there's... A dude with a dick. And a stick, then maybe that... But yeah, in general... If you if you're in the headspace of the people, there's no way it can titillate because it's wrong, all wrong. It's not none of it's right. Nope. So um, DVD extras, uh, Blu-ray extras in this case. It is a Blu-ray um, DVD digital copy combo. There's not they're those kind of extras where I want more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what they like little teaser featurettes that they throw on the Fox Movie Channel or whatever to say this is coming up. And Michael Fassbender will say a couple of things, but he's all four or five or whatever of them. They're they're just saying the same thing over and over again. It's like you were never meant to see all five of them. You were just meant to catch one. Right. So there's those. And then finally, there's a Fox movie channel presents in character with Michael Fassbender, which is another kind of... You know, I want a director commentary on this kind of movie. I want some... I don't want some experts talking about sex addiction because that always comes off wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. Any of the experts who talk about something. But I feel the package of extras didn't do anything for me. The movie kind of is the... A documentary about sex addiction? Yeah, something more... Or show us his research into the subject? I'd like some on the set um, actual seeing some of the takes being done or how it's... Very... These are very... this would be closed set kind of stuff, yeah, wouldn't absolutely. it? Um, but yeah, there's not much, unfortunately. But the surround sound and the actual um, <laughs> Blu-ray makes up for it. Um, the uh, screen always goes off when I need to know what's next. Always. So, uh, that's it. Thanks to Fox. I recommend this movie highly. Um, you have to be a certain type of film lover type it's not for everybody I know it's not for everybody myself I know a lot of people who would not like this no wouldn't get it wouldn't like it would feel uncomfortable very offended absolutely yeah but if Um, you're if you're an adult if that's the face if that's the mask you wear in front of all your people at work and your family and friends but in fact you are intrigued by very deep thinking things then get it go home alone where you don't have to worry about Anyone sitting next to you going, what's this piece of shit? And you're going, in your mind, you're thinking, this is really awesome. But your mouth starts to agree with them. Like a lot of idiots do this. Uh, just take it home alone then. And, like, soak it up. So don't have any shame in watching it either. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's, um, so thanks to Fox for the Blu-ray. And next week's Blu-ray review will be David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Long time coming. I'm really excited. David Fincher... Mega fan here. I, I definitely... Yeah, he's one of... He's in my top three directors of all time. Along with? Paul Thomas Anderson. And? 
George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> not, not because of George Lucas, just because he made Star right, Wars for me, you know? Not Quentin Tarantino. Doesn't hit your top three. He actually, yeah, the, if there was those ones about would be there. four? Yeah, it'd have to be four, wouldn't it? Yeah. How about Clint Eastwood? Yeah, he's in the ten, isn't he? Okay, so we're spreading out a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo next week. Excited. Can't wait. Um, so we've got a few contests going on in the site, and I wanted to mention them. In fact, we've got five contests going on in the site. You want to win a copy of War Horse on Blu-ray? You can win one. You want to win the Mill Creek 50 movie Dark Crimes, I think it's called, pack. If you're, it's got 50 movies on 12 discs. I like those. Uh, you can win one of those. Um, you can also win That 70s Show, Season 3 and 4 on DVD. You can also win Third Rock from the Sun, Season 3 and 4 on DVD. And you can also win Medal of Honor on Blu-ray, a documentary. Um, you can win any one of those. Just go to aceclear.com. US and Canada entries only. So sorry, everybody else. That's just how it goes. That's the only people we can give them to. Um, go and enter. Simple questions. Form you fill in. It's not very difficult. Take you two minutes. You could win. I mean, pretty good. So yeah, that's the contest for this week. We also have a new movie game. It's your turn to do it. What is this new movie game? This movie game is called Movie Memory 123. And it is... I will ask you a question that includes three movies of a type. And you have to give me three movies that fit the description. This week is... Name three movies... That have the little guy up against a big corporation. The little guy up against a big corporation. Mm-hmm. Not in size. No. Okay. Well, maybe. But not. Wow. This is kind of hard. Are you kidding me? The little guy up the against... The little guy up against a big corporation. Like um, the little businessman, the little artist, the little... The little community, the little anybody, up against some big, cold-hearted, mega-corporate thing who's about to come in and do something evil to their precious little thing, or take away everything, the or Muppets? destroy everything. <laughs> okay, thank you. In this case, they are little, and they yeah. are the little against the big... Okay, that's number one. Yeah. Oh, that's one. Wow, this is harder than I think. I'm a drawn blank. I was just trying to think while you was talking, but nothing was coming. Um... Elf was coming to mind, but I don't think that is nope. one. Um, Blade Runner? I don't know. I don't know. remember the theme. Uh, it's not the little guy against the big corporation, but there is a big corporation. Um, and it doesn't have to be the whole of the movie. It can be a theme in the movie that where there's the little guy, the little corporation, the little company, and the big corporation wants to come gobble them up or push them down, and then there's this sort of like rallying or something to not be defeated by the big cold the social network no 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 because it's not like competing against anything no I'm drawing a blank completely okay in Pretty Woman there's the company that um, the dude is it's a small company family owned and he wants to buy it and break it apart and doesn't give a shit about it you don't remember that part and that's when he has the change of heart. And he once. decides he wants to buy the company, but keep it all together and not destroy it. Aaron Brockovich? No. Well, yes, because it's a small community that's fighting this big, ugly yeah. corporation. Very good. 
There's one. That was just because I thought of Julia Roberts. And then I have another one. Um, You know what? All the listeners are yelling them out. Of course. There's hundreds of them, isn't there? Yes, there are lots of them. I just can't think of it. And you can't because you're having to look on a sheet. Well, look at what I wrote down. You've got mail. She's got her little bookstore and it's going to be taken over by the big... Oh, what's the one where she's got like a cake shop? And he he keeps inspiring her to go and do it. The most recent, uh, she's, it's the dude. (laughs) The dude. No, I saw him. Is it Will Ferrell or is it? Nope. It's It's, uh, Paul uh, Rudd. Nope. (laughs) Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cake shop. But she's not up against a big corporation. But they're going to, they want to. No, she just failed. Oh, She didn't keep it it going. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. But there's loads of them. Like loads where the community, well, um, the Goonies for one. The big, ugly real estate corporate guys want to come and destroy the city, and they have to sign off to where they don't have to lose all their homes, you know. And this was in lieu of last week's The Muppets, because that's what it was about. Here's one. Swing a vote with Kevin Costner. Swing vote? Where they want him. He's the last voter. That's not the little guy against a corporation. Yeah, but they like come to buy him out, kind of thing. Like they want it. Doesn't matter. Either way, big big guys are going to win. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. He's not going to become president. It's not like Kevin Costner was running against the president. That would have been one. Right. This little unknown dude who has a good heart. It's kind of fun that movie, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I um I fail then. So uh, awesome. You fail. I fail on that on that. Yeah, I'm sure listeners were yelling those out. So, movie recommendations this week. I am going with, uh, on the topic of this movie being an NC-17 movie, or movies with this, one movie with a similar theme, Last Tango in Paris. NC-17 for, you know... Sexual. Very sexual for its time. It's probably pretty tame if you watch it now, compared to even this movie. Um, But yeah, Last Tango in Paris. You've never seen it, I don't think. (laughs) It's only one scene that it's kind of objectionable for, but, you know, it it really caused a storm at the time. And my other one is an NC-17 movie, Natural Born Killers, because it's about people with a... Horrible. Addiction? Yeah. That, you know, gets them into all kinds of trouble. I'm not sure about that. I think it's that's more of a stimuli, kind of crazy thing. It's not a, you know... Um, my other choice would have been Requiem for a Dream, which is also an NC-17 Absolutely. movie, but I only just recommended it the other week. But that's about addiction. It's an NC-17 movie, and it's a totally different addiction to this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And mine are, because of somebody who's totally fucked up and who you don't know, you'd think about it, like, how could anybody get this way? What happened to this person as a child? Paris Trout. Which has some really ugliness about it. Um, limitless, only because and it's not it's not a fantastic movie or anything, but it's the one where he takes the pills and then can be it? limitless. Right, his brain his, unlocks the yeah, potential. And there are shots in this movie, and the 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 gritty kind ofness of the city and the movie and the glossy and a, somebody trying to hold it together but actually really falling apart. That's an what addiction reminded that me of it. Yeah, and um, Prime Cut because of the. The attitude of, well, this sex addiction is ripping him up from the inside and he's imploding and it's really not hurting anyone. And in Prime Cut, there are women literally being sold as sex objects. Literally. Prime Cut, they're in cattle stalls and they're being sold. They're all drugged up and they're being sold to whomever will buy them. I guess you could also say uh, Taken, where the girls are being sold to men for 
whatever Pri- reason. Prime cuts for, for its day, like 70s movie. Pretty it's intense. like really, it's <laughs> a lot more intense than some of the movies today. I mean, it's really dark theme. Like. It's right up front. It's right on your face. So that's Gene Hackman. The conveyor and, uh, belt scene at the beginning. You understand yep. what you're in for immediately. Absolutely. And it's Gene Hackman and uh, what's her name? Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. When she's young, she's like 16. And it's... Pretty uncomfortable. I'd say rent that in this at the same time. You <laughs> and won't? irreversible. You won't look you'll at com- a combine harvester the same way. You will not have. No. <laughs> and you will not have, uh, you will have some, I don't know, it could spark some sort of dysfunction in a person if you watched all those at the same time. So, um, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. There's a game come out called Prototype 2, which I didn't play yet, so I can't really talk about it, but Prototype 2 is out there. I did tell a lie, and you even saw me. I played the intro. And then I turned it off. So I do know how it kind of starts, but I can't really tell you about the gameplay. But I think it looks fun. Hopefully it doesn't fall into the trap that Prototype 1 did that got really super boring because it's just the same thing over and over again for about 35 hours. Like it was alright for 10 hours and then you're like, you're kind of like, okay, so is there any more to this? No, there's not. It's just that over and over. Right. And it's more of it. So hopefully they, they really break out in this one and change things. But I can't really tell you about it. But what I can tell you about is I played the Walking Dead game this week, which is available now on the PC, the PS3, and the Xbox 360. It's Telltale's... Uh, they're Telltale games. They've made old point-and-click adventure games and new point-and-click adventure games. They've been doing point-and-click adventure games for a long time. But the Walking Dead's kind of a bit of a departure for them. It's still a point... What is a point-and-click adventure game? Uh, like you wave your mouse around the screen looking for clues and you might find a key and you're going to go and put it in a door and that's how you get through the story. Okay. Well, like Resident Evil. No, because you don't. You've no direct control over characters. It's not three D. It's usually like cat looks like a cartoon. It's flat, maybe sa- uh, you know Sam and Max yeah. or something like okay. that. Where um, you know you're looking for clues and then you talk to people and they'll say, "Yeah, I um, I could never get this door open." You Professor know, Professor Layton kind of thing. Kind of, but the puzzles are a bit more integrated. It, Professor Layton, it's like, here's some story, do a puzzle. Yeah. This is more yeah. like, this puzzle's part of the story. Um, but yeah, it's The Walking Dead, based on the comic book, but it's also got some ties into the TV show as well, and it's a prequel to both of them, so it won't spoil anything if you've not read the comic book or seen the TV show, because it occurs before both of them. But there are characters in it that you will have seen in the show and seen in the comics. Um, it's a, I think it's a five part or a six part, uh, what do you call that? Episodic game. So it comes out once a month. This is the first part. It costs five dollars each time. The, the episodes are two to two and a half hours long. So it's like, you know, like a movie each time. Um, and I can say... Apart from some technical issues, which Telltale always bring technical issues to the table, I'm not sure why, because the game's not highly demanding or anything. In fact, it's quite low. You could run it on a laptop, you know? Yeah. Um, always has sound issues, always has some glitchy graphics, or, like, the mouths don't move properly, or just, there's always something wrong. They made that Jurassic Park game that we played oh, that right, was yeah. really horrendous. This is kind of like a... You know, that was terrible, that Jurassic Park game. I don't know what the hell... They got the Jurassic Park license and then made this horrible game, which was basically just press A, press B, press 
it was that was what the game did. oh press B fast oh press B again that was what that was this is not that this is a it's like an old school adventure game you might have to find a crowbar in one part of the map to go and put in a door to open a door or you might have to find a key on somebody but the key's on somebody and there's zombies all over the place you've got to figure a way of getting the key but you've no weapon to kill the zombies you've got to distract the zombies in some way so you've got to find but somebody. you're not controlling the person you control him on occasion but it's very rudimentary I mean you control him with the right stick but not all the time and hardly ever to be honest if there's a, a situation maybe where a zombie's coming at you you might have to push back on the stick to try and back away from it but most of the time the control is done for you it's like you'll enter a room there's but a desk but you see him standing there yeah you see him okay but you'll enter a room there's a desk in the corner there's a window and there's a boarded door and there's a desk across the door because somebody's tried to barricade themselves in well you have to figure out maybe how to get the desk away from the door or root through all the drawers to find a key or there's some first aid in this box over here you've got to look and so find so you click and then he goes and then you click and then yeah, he goes and, okay. and then there are conversations with people like in Mass Effect where there's different responses so you can lie to people or you can tell them the truth or you can make them feel better or you know and that builds up what people think about you in true walking dead style basically i mean walking dead the the show is all about what people say what people don't say what people think of them because of what they've said or what they did that's how this is going so in this first episode you get lots of choices there was one choice to there was two people about to die you can't save both of them. They're in. You, you get an instant choice. Save this person, save this person. And the one you save, obviously my story would be different if you chose the other person. And that continues to the next episode, the next episode. So you could play through it completely differently several times, I guess. Um, I really like it, just technical issues aside. And the fact that it only lasts two hours. I think I got through it in two hours. That's not bad for five dollars because you would pay that for a movie to see a movie which would last two hours, right? So it's quite good. I I recommend it. Now they do do a season pass. It's either five or six episodes. I'm not sure. Whatever though, there's a season pass for 19.99 where you get it all as it comes out. So it's twenty bucks for the whole game, unless you buy it episodically and then you'd end up spending thirty or twenty five bucks. But um, I recommend it. You might even like to play through it. Because you do like The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And it's not difficult to play. It's more about decisions. It's not. There's no reactions. Yeah, I can handle that. It's more like, save this person, save this person. Okay, just let me think about it. Okay, that person. Pick a, pick a button. You know, it's, it's like that. Um, it's quite well written. The voice acting's good. It's a character you don't know from the stories in the comics or the book. It's a different character. It's very tropish, though, you know. It's a... Yeah. You, you, and you can only do certain things in zombie things. There's in in a zombie story. There's survivors and there's zombies, right? The survivors always have a story to tell or a, a back Sub. history that might not be good. Right, right. You know that's what this is about. But yeah, it's The Walking Dead. It's uh, TelltaleGames.com. You can get it on all those platforms. I played the PC version. I just wish they would get those technical issues. I mean, it kind of ruins it. This part, this parts in it where there's somebody speaking dialogue. And their music is mixed so high, you can't hear what they say. Right. And then there's occasions where it's like loading between, like, I make a decision. Well, it should seamlessly start the next thing happening. Well, there's like this awkward pause where everybody's just still. 
right. looking at each other. And it and it's like this awkward moment in a movie where everybody forgot to act. And then all of a sudden they start doing the thing. It's like, why that happens? I don't know. It's just a technical issue. But uh, maybe they'll fix it for the next episode. Next episode will be out next month. I'll be definitely playing this through. The third thing that happened this week is uh, Skype got put on the PS Vita. Out of the blue, actually, on Tuesday afternoon, they said, um, Skype's coming to the PS Vita. And I thought, oh, that's probably going to be in a few months. Yeah, it'll be coming this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Put Skype on my PS Vita. Because the PS Vita has a microphone and uh, cameras on both the front and the back, it works automatically off the bat. You sign into Skype, you can make calls, video calls, it's all, audio really calls. Well. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. It's free. <laughs> Unless you, I mean, I have a Skype subscription, so I can make phone calls. To anybody. To anybody. But if you don't have a Skype subscription, you can talk to your Skype friends for free still. But if you want to make phone call, phone calls, you have to have a subscription. Subscriptions are not much from Skype anyway. Like, you can buy $10 of Skype credit, and that lasts you months because the calls are so low. It's like, you can be on the phone for an hour in America with the Skype credit and not even use a dollar of it. Right. So, I mean, it's cheap, cheap, cheap. So, Skype, I'm not a, I'm an advocate for Skype. We actually yeah. use Skype as our main telephone in the house. We do. I mean, I was going to say it's our landline, but it's not a landline. It's We don't have a landline anymore. We just have Skype. We have a Skype number and we have Skype uh, cordless telephones and we just use it as a normal. And we were... We we when we had a landline, we was always like, well, you were, you was always like, oh, <laughs> we can't let go of the landline. What will we do? We switch to Skype. It's exactly the same. It is. I mean, it's there's and no cheaper. Uh, Sixty dollars a year for Skype versus fifty dollars a month. Correct. So it's way cheap. So yeah, that's it for me this week. What have you got on the agenda? What's for dinner? What's for dinner? It was a little bit different since it's not Saturday, but tonight we're going to have homemade bean quesadillas some salad and a vegetable I've yet to be determined and some french fries salsa and all that good stuff sounds good and uh, my advice is to think like figure out who you are don't just go through life like uh, never to, I don't know maybe some people just don't give a shit right I am figuring out my personality is what it is and there are things yes that is my past because I don't know how else to be I am what I am if I have an opinion, I'm going to say it. I'm not a repressed, controlled, oh, it's better that I keep this to myself and just feel really, really frustrated about it for the rest of my life, never let it out kind of person. I will say it. If I don't agree with you, I'm going to say it. I might be tactful. I might be rude. It's just the way it goes. I'll apologize if I truly mean it. I don't say sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, 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 because I'm not that person. I'm kind of cold-hearted. I'm very egocentric. I know this about myself. I think about it. And yet, I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend to be the sorry person. I'm not going to pretend to be the perfect wife who agrees with everything you say. Because I think Are that's... Are you talking to me? Or? Yes, oh. you. Because oh. I think that's <laughs> bullshit. I think a woman or a person who goes along with everything everybody says is empty. They're empty. They're full of shit. And they're frustrated. And they're never going to say it. And it's going to eat them up their whole life. So I'm not that person. So what I think about that is then realize you're not alone in this world. Everything you say and do is going to affect somebody. And everything everybody else says is also going to have its effect on you. So it's like this weird conglomeration. But if you kind of hone in on yourself and figure out how you are. Are you the soft, 
easily broken, easily very sensitive, easily offended, kind of can't believe that everyone's so rude to you all the time. I just can't believe he said that. I can't believe she treats me like that. You know what? You're wrong. You're actually wrong about the world. Not everyone's out to get you. Not everyone's trying to offend you. Not everyone's rude to you. It's you with the, your perception is part of the problem. And you need to look at that. How other, you know, yourself, maybe you're just too sensitive and you need to, sometimes that works for you. Sometimes it doesn't work in the world. I'm not super sensitive. I can be defensive. I can be hateful and snotty because I think everyone else needs to toughen up. That's my thing. However, I know that I can't go to work and tell my coworker, oh my God, you're so fucking annoying because I don't have that kind of relationship with them. I have to work out a way to either not let it bother me to begin with because it's my problem, not theirs, or crack open a dialogue about the things that do bother us about each other and maybe or maybe not ever resolve it because it's really my problem. Do you know what I mean? Unless it's something that is pervasive and makes everyone unproductive and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm figuring out myself and then how I affect other people and other people's effect on me. And hopefully that makes, I don't know, I've just been thinking like you don't go through this life without affecting everybody. And some people seem to think that they're not impacting everybody around them by their behavior and their actions. We were talking about cell phones in the movie theater. How a whole generation of people being raised that it's acceptable now. Well, like as you said, the executives still say, well, it's the youth of America, of the world now. They need to multitask. They need to have the Twitter on the thing all the time. They need that. It's just part of their generation. In fact, what you're teaching them is to have no respect for the people around them. It's that you're not the only person in the movie theater. There are people behind you who don't agree with that, who have paid their money, and it's respectful in that group environment to let go of your needs for two hours or don't go to the movie. It doesn't mean, well, I sh it's a free country. I should do what I want. The theater tells me I can. I should do it. No, think about it. Your actions are affecting other people. If you're some dickhead in a school play that we went to, some asshole behind us, grown man, 50-something, talking perfectly out loud on his cell phone as if this thing that he was suffering through was the most unimportant thing ever, right? But his actions were so rude and affecting other people around him. It was like I couldn't comprehend it. I don't identify with that. So, you know, to think about it. Think about who you are, and maybe sometimes you're part of the problem. And definitely, the way you're interacting. Definitely with the world. keep your mouth shut in the movie theater. <laughs> Regardless of all this psycho babble, keep your mouth shut in the movie theater. No, that is definite. That's de definitely. I agree. And don't tweet, unless, like I said to you, I think it's fine if you tweet in the movie theater before the movie starts. Do what you want if you're waiting for the movie to start. There's just advertisements on the screen. Soon as the lights go down, turn that shit off. Put it away. Absolutely. And if you don't think that's... A, if you don't agree with that, I want an explanation. Correct. I want an explanation from each and every one of you why that is appropriate to infringe on someone else's experience and why your thing is so important that you don't see beyond your seat and beyond yourself. I guess they would say, well, I don't know why your thing is so important just sitting there doing nothing. They'd say that. Right, but not doing the tweet in that moment doesn't affect you negatively 
But you impacting my experience of the movie is impacting me negatively. That's the difference. Correct. So, <laughs> okay, so thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, com. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, the Zoom Marketplace. You can catch this podcast. Something changed on Zoom this week. I don't know what it is when you open Zoom up. It says there's some new things or hmm. something. I don't know what's... I think they're getting rid of Zoom, to be honest. Mm. The actual name. It's probably going to change that thing. But as of now, you can still get our podcast on Zoom Marketplace. You can also get it on RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com. Click on the word podcast. Subscribe and stuff there. And go to the iTunes Music Store, because that's never going to go away, is it? <laughs> We're on iTunes. I never know. Never uh, say you never. You can catch after the show on iTunes. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't forget the five contests that are going on just go to ascully.com slash contest and you will find them all there uh, don't email Sidtok she does not want you to email her just listen to her advice every week and you'll become a more better and rounded person more better <laughs> not necessarily and uh, stay classy Mr. Fastbender um, and his penis magnificent penis <laughs> nice I, well, you didn't hear it from me and I'm going to say thanks for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>